Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whichever that is applies to you. This is uh, Monica Terrell. I am coming to you from Dallas, Texas on our third episode of our season's broadcast where we are continuing our discussion on the rest of God. And I'm so thankful to be joined here in the radio booth with um, Apostle Ron Crawford. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. And our beloved Stacy McGill. Hello, good morning, good evening. Oh, that's an interesting title. Beloved Stacy McGill? Yeah. <laughs> that's her title. Yeah. She's Thank very you. endearing Thank to you. my heart. You know, when we began, um, when the Lord began to speak to us about this broadcast, uh, it was really somewhat of a prophetic thing. And, and it really is, is a coming together of the prophet, the teacher, and the apostle, if you've not noticed that. And, you know, it's always interesting to me when, when those different offices, those different giftings um, minister in teaching or preaching or whatever that might be, because each one of us comes or approaches this from a little bit of a different standpoint or perspective because of the gifts that we have. Yet it's so beautiful because it comes together because it's his word, his spirit, and um, he unites us in it and really brings a fullness to it. Um, for the launching forth of the apostolic word and so we're very thankful for that understanding and for yeah. really to be able to to move in the gifts that he's given to us and you know it, it says in the in the new testament about how the t the teacher and the prophet work together to send forth the apostle and so the release of of this teaching or of this word really is very apostolic and um so Amen. Yeah, so we received the anointing for that this morning, and we asked the Spirit just to really um, empower and just uh, just speak through us in the name of Jesus. Yes, amen. Amen? So thank you for joining us, and um, we're going to continue in our discussion on the rest of God, and um, we're going to do somewhat of a recap on really the words that we've been looking at, focusing on, which would be the Ruah, the Nuach, and the Manuka. And then today we're going to introduce a new word, the Nakam, which really is, in a lot of ways, our function with the Father in bringing uh, restoration through a measure of repentance and um, just deliberation with Him and what's on His heart to restore this earth and to bring light into the darkness. So... Um, I'm going to open this up just for for a, a recap of a review of what we've covered so far. A quick review. Quick review. Quick review. Is there such a thing? There is no such thing. <laughs> well, we really entered into this this uh, study to talk about what rest is, and um, it's it's really something that we as Christians need to understand because rest is not just doing nothing or kicking back and there's a there's a definitive connection between what God does and what God wants in relationship to partnership with us uh, and pertaining to this term rest and when you talk about rest in the scripture you have to understand what the Bible says about the dimensions of his spirit. So 
we looked at the Hebrew term ruach, and uh, we believe that this really equates itself to the pneuma in the New Testament. And to simply give a thumbnail death of it, it's when God, God's Spirit visits, when people receive an invitation to commune with Him or to, um, or to engage with Him. And this is what God did in the garden with Adam and Eve. You, you have to, you don't just, ex, it's, it's more like an experience of the Spirit. And what you do with it is up to you. And then you go into the Nuach, which you cannot separate that from first fruits. It's where people say, well, I want to do something a little bit more than just jump in the river or experience a splash or a wind or some manifestation. I want to begin to partner with God. I want to begin to make myself available to him. And um, that is really where Nuach comes in. And um, then the final word we looked at was Manucha, which is, is the end of the chain. It's where God wants people to have a, to establish a dwelling place with him, not just a visitation, not just an office meeting where you're partnering with something, but a dwelling place. And God said, this is what I want. This is where I will be. And that's really what we want. So you talk about the rest of the Lord. It really encompasses all of these things. And in so many ways, the rest of God in the scripture will intertwine these three things. But if you don't understand those three dimensions of the Ruach, the Nuach, and the Manucha from a scriptural perspective, then you're really probably not going to understand what the rest is. So if you if you said rest from the first word, Ruach, that would mean, well, God's Spirit visited me and I feel refreshed, which is wonderful. If you talk about rest from the dimension of Nuach, then you're saying, I'm engaged in this partnership with God and God came and strengthened me, God came and supplied, God came and really gave me a provision that I needed, and that is rest. In addition, with getting encouragement from him and prophesying and those kinds of interactions. But if you talk about rest from the dimension of Manucha, you're talking about this is God's footstool, this is God's house, this is Psalm 132, my rest forever will be Manucha. And that's a different dimension. And we've talked about how you really have to engage in that progression, those three. And it really comes up to how much do you want of God? I mean, one of your favorite sayings, Monica, is more. I want more. Well, what's the more in that? Do you just want more visitations? Or do you just want more assignments? Or do you, or do you really want the more of making a place for him. And um, to me, that last one, Manuka, incorporates these other things, but to a greater dimension. And that leads us into really what we're going to talk about today, stemming from where Noah was. And we're in the days of Noah. Noah engaged in grace. But he, as the Nuah, welcoming the new ark was um, 
someone that God really patterned a deeper measure of partnership and that's where we are right now in our time frame so that's well just if I can just to add to, to what you were saying and we read this scripture I think in the last episode from Isaiah 66 where it says thus saith the Lord the heaven is my throne the earth is my footstool where is the house that you will build for me and where is the place of my rest for all those things has my hand made and all those things have been saith the Lord but to this man will I look even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit and trembles at his word so the Lord looks for that place where he can establish his manuka, whether it be the temple, the sanctuary, which it is established here, um, or that man that has the, that is poor and of a contrite heart, which is hopefully us, where he, he really, he desires for his breath to rest within us and for us to function from that place. And you know, as we've learned of God over these last 25 years, um, we know that He supplies everything that we need. His presence is all-encompassing. It is everything that we need. He is our source. But in the midst of that provision of His presence, He calls us to partner. We are here for a purpose, to partner. And I love... To ref I love the reference about Moses where he's having these deliberations with God about going in and taking the children of Israel in and you know delivering them and taking them into the promised land and he's deliberating with God saying who's going to go with me because God was frustrated because they kept you know the people kept sinning and just disregarding him and Moses is making intercession and deliberating and saying but who will go with me because if you don't go with me I won't go and God's response to him is Moses I will go with you and I will give you rest and I love that because that to me is his promise of Nuah that he's gonna he's gonna go with Noah and empower him for everything he has called him to do through his breath through his spirit and you know he could have said I will give you strength or I will give you might or I will give you wisdom but what did he say? He said, I'll give you my breath. Yeah. And he, he, he associated with rest. And so for us, we have to recognize that it's not about striving. It's about resting. It's about, it's about being that dwelling place and, and knowing his breath and his spirit and welcoming it and, and, par and then partnering with it. Because he looks for one to partner with. He's always looking for that intercessor that will partner with him. So, Amen. Well, I don't think I, in the, in the common term rest, the common English expression of rest, I, I, in my life, I can't remember anything that provides that comfort and that assurity more than when you know you're where God wants you to be and you're doing what he wants and the only time I feel unsettled, which is almost like there's a there's something in me that just keeps striving to enter into that rest. I don't I don't want to miss what it is that he's called us to partnership in. 
and but but knowing having that confidence is the is the greatest source of rest you can have wealth you can have uh, a deluxe property you can have all kinds of blessing but and and you can kick back and with your pina colada and just feel you're resting um and that that's rest in the natural but it's not rest spiritually mm -mm. well it's i mean it brings us back to our really our launch point a couple of weeks ago about the sabbath you know that translates as nuag and and it's all about purpose it's mm -hmm. all about reflecting on what god has done where he has brought you where he has established you and looking into the new at the creative new thing that he wants to do and really positioning your spirit to go there you know to to be launched forth into the new and that's the sabbath but the sabbath is rest and you know i've over this last season i've really tried to establish a sabbath in my life you know once a week where i i try to shut the world out and just really focus on being in that place of rest and reflecting and looking forward and just letting his spirit minister and prepare me for the rest of the week but I think it's so it's 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 a necessary thing. I mean, he wasn't it part of the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath. Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. So I mean, it's still. I think again, it's his provision. It's um, his ways are perfect, and they're to not only keep us safe and keep us with him, but to uh, prosper us and his kingdom and his will and his ways. So his ways are perfect. So we should definitely obey those commands. Yeah. I mean, I think we've all been on both sides of it. I think we've all been in that place of tension where maybe we've resisted, you know, in a, you know, not, well, you can even say in, obe in a measures of obedience um, for something maybe that looked impossible or that seemed uncomfortable and and you stay in that tension of unrest and it's misery <laughs> mm -hmm. and you strive you know it's just it's it's just it's like i used to say to my kids look through life things that you face you can either do it the easy way or the hard way and i'm going to tell you the easy way and you know we all take the hard way from time to time in our journey but um he is calling his saints into this place of rest to function in and through that place of rest and I think it's so necessary for us for what we're facing in the days ahead, which is is uncertain in a lot of ways. Well, I just have an analogy real quick. I don't want to interrupt you. No. May I, may I share yeah. my, my thought real quick? Um, you, you have your body sometimes needs to rest from being injured because you overdid it or you went outside of whatever boundary lines your body could could handle. <laughs> and that changes as we get older. Mm -hmm. um, but so you your body rests and it heals and then you can function again. And it's just a simple analogy, but I feel like he provides um, some of these words we're gonna talk about today. He provides a way for us to get back to where we're supposed to be, to where we're able to function in him. And it's glorious, as Isaiah eleven ten says. Yeah. His rest is glorious. So. Amen. A beautiful study. So are we? <laughs> hey, this is just Drum real roll. time, guys. I mean, this is yeah. this is real, real live, real time. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So so today we're really gonna 
we're gonna really going to launch into our function and in the midst of, of his breath and and partnership uh, for, you know, like Pastor said, um, we're going to talk about Noah. And we are, I would say, are on the precipice of being in the days of Noah, according to um, what Scripture says. And so these are really necessary principles for us to apply and, and recognize that they're, yeah, they're just necessary for us. But before we go there, we're going to talk a bit about Isaiah 28, because this has really been a signature passage for the saints and our calling as intercessors to function in um, not only the gift of tongues, but the gift of diversities of tongues and to really partner with the Lord in that measure of intercession. And I love what scripture says about rest, which is the manuka in regards to, well, actually it's the manuka and the nuah in regards to um, uh, functioning in that. So would somebody like to read it? Forgive me. I'll go ahead. Uh, Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. Is that what yeah, you're referring unless to? Unless you okay. want to extend. Oh, I'll just start there. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest, Manua, wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, Nua. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. And this is, this is this scripture, actually is right in the middle of uh, verse ten and verse thirteen, where he's talking about precept upon precept, line upon line. So I just think that's incredibly important. Yeah, which is really the way that he leads us, mm-hmm. and the way he has taught us, line upon line through this through this journey, um, which has just been remarkable. And so we understand this this these passages to really depict our function as saints, as intercessors, and really that ongoing dimension of partnership with God for the new things that he is doing in our midst. Um, But I love, you know, it says, not only does he abide in us through his resting presence, but then he promises to bring refreshing in the midst of that place of intercession. And, you know, that Listen, I have drawn from that so many times, and I. this may or may not apply, but I can just tell you that um, over the years as an intercessor, being in atmospheres of diversities of tongues and really purposeful, focused intercession here in our sanctuary, you know, you know there's times when you're striving in, in prayer. You're striving to pray in tongues. You know, maybe you feel like your tongue is like going through the mud. I mean, it's just, it could be the enemy resisting, it could be you just don't have the anointing. You know, it could be any m- number of things. Maybe you're in your head. I don't know. But when the spirit, when the, the, the breath really comes in you and you allow his breath to pray through you, to me it's like water flowing. Yeah. It is like so fluid and so there is no striving in that. And that, I, I mean, if I could thank the Lord for one thing today, for what he has gifted us or given to us or empowered us with, it would be first that he has taught us how to pray and that he has anointed and empowered us and given us this gift of, of diversities of tongues to be able to pray in the spiritual languages according to his eternal will and his purpose. Yes. There's no striving in that. In fact, there's refreshing and rest in that. Amen. And so, 
Yeah, and I think it's interesting that two, two observations. One, that this connection with understanding the precepts and the lines of the Lord and the stammering lips and an unknown tongue is really promised to the Nuak people. Um, and growing up in a Pentecostal environment, we didn't understand the, the variations between those words at that point. But it was more of an experience. It was a gift and it was an experience. We threw that then into the Ruach or the Numa. Oh, yeah. We thought it was an experience. Mm -hmm. And it was an experience. But it was that. That was it. There was never an there was never any real clear explanation as to what actually happened when you pray. The closest you came to it was it was kind of like a hyperdrive because you don't know how some many times you didn't know how to put into words what you really needed to ask God for. Mm -hmm. So if you prayed in the spirit, that would kick it up like nitro into a, a better way and then you'd get your prayers answered. That's what we thought. There was nothing about partnering with God really in the way we're talking about and here it says this is where those people Nuach people are going to find a, a replenishment and they have an agenda to welcome God to the earth in the dwelling place and that's that's very interesting and the refreshing there as Stacy pointed out earlier is uh, uh, a term that was really very clearly used in Hermetic and in the Arab world that means a refreshing in verse 12 means a quick visitation, a quick work. And we need that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's interesting. It's very interesting. Um, so, I mean, he, he allows us to to dwell in his breath and to dwell in his presence and 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 he brings that refreshing but that refreshing comes through our obedience to function mm -hmm. is that clear yeah. yeah and so we have to remember that you know this is one of the most i guess um you know god has a plan he has a purpose he the burden of his heart he allows us to share that burden of his heart through supplication through intercession and 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 it, that is partnership, and that is the calling of the saints. And I'm just really thankful. Me I'm too. so thankful. Me too. Because it's by his, it's through his spirit, and it is effortless if we just rest in it. It's so effortless. So I I, I speak into all of the intercessors, the saints that are listening, that there would be a fresh, just a fresh dispensation of his spirit that rests upon you in your intercession. It just flows through you in the days ahead. That you would just be, um, that he would just give you just multitudes of new languages, and that he would just really move through your your intercession in fresh new ways. Amen. 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 So you have you have a depiction of the temple with the outer court, the inner court, and then the the holy of holies, where how much of this spirit do you want? It's all the temple. But do you do you just want the visitation in the outer? The porch. Or do you want to be in the Nuach where you're you're talking about the candle being lit in the 
the showbread, the assignments of people, which we want? Or do you want to be in the place that Jesus made available to us, mm -hmm. where you're welcoming him, and this is where you're meeting with God and the angels? It's all part of the temple. How far do you want to go? And this passage in Isaiah 28 says that it is the Nuach people that are moving in the midst of revelation and communication and mysteries, and it's, it's those ones that can enter into that manuka. You can't enter into that holy, holy of holies from the outer court. You may start that way, but it's for those that are partnering with God. And then that leads us into what Noah represents. Right. That's so good. What a great, that's a great picture. I love that. And I think we've all recognized, I mean, I've recognized moments when I'm on the porch and I can't get in. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, on the porch. I'm serious. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. So... So we're gonna we're gonna transition, and we're still gonna be talking about the the, the nuwa and the manuka, but we're gonna transition into a topic that actually was was very deeply spoken about at our last seminar, um, the feast, and and you know I I really want to encourage all of you to have your Bibles out because um, you need to to really meditate on these scriptures and really be able to apply. Um, this teaching, because in so many ways, this is a function that God has called his saints to. Um, it translates most often, I think, in repentance, which is really interesting. But we're, we're going to jump into this um, from a launch point of Noah and the Nuah, because we recognize that Noah's name literally embodies the Hebrew word Nuah, which is that, that active and abiding breath of God. And, and, and God brought him onto the earth with the purpose that he would nakam after the needs or the burden of the Most High God. Because if we remember that day, the world was a mess. I mean, from the fall of man, physically and spiritually, the world was an absolute mess. And God was ready to destroy it and just start over. He was ready to just, he, he was intent on going back to his original intended purpose for the earth, just, re, just, just, absolutely just wipe it out and so restoration really was the operative word from God for Noah when he brought up upon the earth and upon his calling and so we're going to read Genesis 5 verses 28 through 29 and then we'll pick up on Genesis 6 1 through 8 so can somebody Stacey, yeah, would you give me a start and Lamech lived in 180 and two years and begat a son and he called him his name Noah Noah, Nuach, Nuah, saying, This same shall comfort Nakam us concerning our work and our toil of our hands because of the ground with which the Lord has cursed. Hmm. So, it, I mean, he, he named him Nuah. And then it says, He shall Nakam us, which I'm, I'm assuming meant the Godhead, concerning our work and toil of our hands because of the ground which Yahweh has cursed. And so there's partnership right there. Mm -hmm. I mean, just in his identity and what his calling mm -hmm. here upon the earth. Um, so what, what, what does Nakam, what is Nakam? Well, Nakam 
as you said, is often translated repentant. And there's a problem with that if you just blindly accept that as the be-all, end-all of the definition because there are times where the Bible says that God nechamed and it would make someone think that God changes his mind all the time and that, you know, he, he gets frustrated and he just throws it all out and says, that's it, I'm done, which God doesn't do. Now, he did make comment about his people to Moses. He did make comment in other ways about, you know, with, with Saul to Samuel. And he did use this term, but it certainly didn't mean that he was abandoning his desire for people to partner with him or to abandon the concept of kingship, which he established. So it doesn't mean that there is just a, um, a rejection of the idea. It means a, a counsel, a meditation, a, a, a recalibrating toward what has gone wrong and a focus on how to get back on track to the divine principle that needs to be done. So it's, it's I would say that Nikam, first of all, does not lose sight of the divine goal. God's not going to change his mind about that. Second, Nikam evaluates how we're going toward that goal. And Nikam doesn't just mean that you're trying to figure out problems. It means that you're trying to hear from God in commune with him as to how to further define the focus, how to further go forward in his timing. So it's, it's that measure of counsel wherein you're, you're partnering with God to hear what he's wanting to do, how he can restore something that's gone off target. I think it's interesting in this passage that that was just read that it was Nikam was for two things in the the works of Lamech. It was first of all to to be able to discern what is Yahweh's plan in the midst of this earth that's cursed. Well, God didn't create the earth cursed. The curse came in as a perversion of what God's original plan is. So you find that same measure of Necham there regarding what God has put on this earth and what he wants to do. How to reverse the curse. Yes. (laughs) Or how to get get it from its cursing place into a point of blessing. I know, I'm just teasing. (laughs) And then secondly, um, how to how to navigate that in the family how to honor this man's father and how to um, how to really engage this council through the family unit there so that's a really good that's a really good thing about people that are partnering with God and what the Nacham means is you gain your direction uh, by getting before God to find out how he wants to rectify things that have gone screwy, uh, how he wants to bring his toe purpose into the measure according to his plan, and then how to 
get this functioning not only in your life but in the ones that God has placed you to serve alongside. So really, I mean, if we think about repentance, like from the way we've applied it, I mean, it, it is the spirit that convicts us and causes us to repent. True repentance comes through that conviction of his spirit or his breath. And it's not just to make us clean. It, it's, it's for us to recognize where things have gotten twisted or perverted and how God wants to restore that back in us into proper function, mm -hmm. into yeah. our intended purpose, mm -hmm. right? Right. See, some people, they repent, you know, like we could say the Catholics. I mean, they go Friday and they take confession. It's like taking a bath. Yeah, they take a bath, and then they don't ever go that next step where they they have deliberation and counsel with the Lord where he's, he shows us, okay, let me show you where you're twisted. And then you actually go there and let his spirit have its way, and from that takes you into a point of back into, you know, restores you back into your intended calling and, fun and purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah. So there's that other aspect, which you just said, of not just nakam in the task, but nakam within the person of Nuach, to where you're continually gaining alignment toward what God's called you to be, toward what he's put you here to achieve. So, because you can't manifest something unless it's going on in you. That's so true. And, you know, I, it seems like somewhere down the line in the study, this, this word is defined or described as a sigh. And I'm a big sigher. I mean, I sigh all the time. My family constantly, Noah's a big sigher too. And so now it's like this, every time I sigh, it's like, why are you sighing? And I recognize that usually if you sigh, it's not just because I'm tired. I think that's the nakam in me. I really do. I feel like that is my spirit. <sighs> okay, I got to reset or, you know what I mean? It could be different because I sigh all day, but um, it's just interesting to me to think that, that God sighs and that we can connect with him in that way. <laughs> that was the mark of kings in England. They called people sire. I, I, uh, <laughs> just joking. It's a different word. No, I'm telling you, it's so funny. I, I every time, not every time, because I do it in, in private a lot but private side. Olivia will say what's that side for <laughs> and then it makes me think why did I just sigh and so it's are just you, it's are you in comfort really, is it for comfort it could be for any number oh, yeah. of things I'm just it's Hank, different every time yeah Hank sighs like he'll lay down and he'll just sigh oh yeah that's a different story but um, who's Hank <laughs> disregard that mark that <laughs> strike that from the from the record um so, so, uh, so we're looking at the days of Noah back in the days of Genesis, and we know what happened from there. He went and built the boat and did the partnership, and God, and then the dove, and you know all that. We didn't go back to that. But what we do want to recognize is um, that if we look at the earth today <laughs> and the wickedness that dwells upon the earth. If we think for one minute God is not calling us to be that Nuwak individual that that comes according to his burden to restore the dwelling place of this earth of his praise and glory, I mean that is so much a part of where we are today. Yeah. Right? And so well you want to talk about 
let's read Genesis 6, verses 1 through 8, and let's bring in just Noah finding grace in the eyes of the Lord. Can we do that? Sure. You want me to read it? Sure. Okay. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the earth, on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them all wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit, Ruach, shall not always strive, and which we know means uh, plead, drudge, judge, um, contend with man, for that he also, he also is flesh. Yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became uh, mighty men which were of old, and men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of the men was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That sounds very familiar. <laughs> and it repented. Nakam, the Lord, Yewa, that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And that's uh, grieved as a sob. Yeah, we can talk about that too. Mm-hmm. And the Lord Yewa said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. And For it repenteth, Nakam, me, that I have made them, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I think it's interesting that it's uh, a matter of the heart. That it grieved him in his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this. And this is something, Pastor, that you talked about during the seminar, mm-hmm. about how this grieving is this word, a sob, which means to hurt, to grieve, to shape, to carve, and to fashion. And you you, you linked in a couple of passages, one Job 10.8, which talks about God creating humans, and then Jeremiah forty four nineteen, which talks about the creative activity of people. And so in this mode of nakam, in this mode of repentance, his heart was literally fashioning how it needs to be rectified. Mm-hmm. That's how God is. I love, God is so creative. He's always looking to create something new to resolve, to restore. And so... You know, he's looking out and he's saying, you know what? My purpose is not being fulfilled because of this demonic atmosphere and because of what's happened upon the earth. It's not that I'm questioning my purpose, but I'm preparing a creative plan to restore it. And that's what Noah was brought into. And the end result was Noah finding grace in the eyes of the Lord and really moving in that grace. And that's just the way God works. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know, you take that grieve, which it says God does in his heart. And as you mentioned, it, it, it can mean to carve something or to um, fashion. fashion something. And what what in God's heart would you carve? To, if you are going to carve something, if you whittle something, there's there's something that is done away, mm-hmm. so that something could be revealed. You'd think God, who is wonderful, uh, why would anything need to be fashioned other than what is already there but it it talks about the the principle and i I know there's no etymological connection but the circumcision of the heart for us where god causes us to come and pare away the flesh so that there is a greater sensitivity 
And it, to me, it's almost like God looks at this, if you keep that same principle, he is looking at mankind and in the wickedness you mentioned, he is wanting someone to partner with him in grace to lift mankind and the plan of God up. And, and God is making himself vulnerable in this grief. He is cutting away things that he had allowed, ways that he had part, tried to partner with mankind that didn't work, not because of his fault, but because of people. And, and really it is the cutting away of flesh, but for God it was something that was always offered in deep love. And, and I think that when we go before the Lord and we're in a calm moment and we're partnering with him and we're looking at things that um, didn't work and you feel a grieving with this. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I've been through this season, many of you have, where I look at people and plans that were originated by God, that were ordained of God, that God had blessed, and I see them no longer sensitive or no longer committed, and you grieve, mm -hmm. and you allow that to be pared and cut away. That is an essential dimension of nechaming with God. And you, you got to be careful with that, because you can, you can go into, oh, why did this happen? Oh... And, and you could be going down that trail, which is kind of a fume of this thing. You can be overcome through the noxiousness of what is being cut away. But if you stay close to that devotion to him and recognizing that he's doing this, it's not that things have failed. It's not that you have failed, which is what the enemy's wanting to say. It's that this is as old as... This is God. This is who he is. Mm -hmm. And and so for him being grieved to where he allows himself to be cut away, to where he allows things of the past or failures of plan, of the, of, of the reception of plan, to be carved away so that the deeper things. See, you go deeper in the Lord, it's this deeper in the Lord is not you saying oh woe is me I failed deeper in the Lord is saying alright I'm partnering with you God you why did you let this happen you think of that why did God lead all through this why what why did he there's it's something to do with the journey and it's something to do with allowing his perfect will to show itself in the perfection that it is. He could have wiped the enemy out. He could have taken all of these demons, these fallen Elohims, away. He could have gotten rid of them. Just yeah. boom. Of Never to be thought of again. Yeah. But he believes so much in his purpose, which is not unfailing, and his willingness to partner with us that he is going to continue to extend himself visiting people in the Ruach, they would not receive it. My spirit, Ruach, will not partner, will not strive with this. 
they're strifing this. And, but, but that carving away is, to me, shines a deeper light on what the circumcision of the heart is. Which I really feel like we have been in, I mean, this last season, it's like it's, it all becomes very real to me because I feel like we've been in that place before the Lord this season where he's, go, you know, he, he is circumcising the heart. Right. He is exposing things in us. He's preparing us to fully nakam with him in the days ahead yeah. through this measure. And I, I, I never saw it until now or never acknowledged well, that. Yeah, it, it's, and you know, it's like um, Gilgal, when they come into the land, there they are in the promise. Why didn't that happen before they crossed Jordan? That, if you're gonna do this crazy thing, and it is kind of a goofy thing, <laughs> it just is kind of bizarre. Why wouldn't you do that in territory that you held before you crossed over into the Jordan, crossed over the Jordan? Why didn't you do it then? And, and it was like it was in the face of this unrepentant territory. And it's, that's where the angels encamped, at Gilgal. So you're partnering with the angels there. And Christ was crucified on the hill of Gilgal, Golgotha. He made this possible for us where he, as God's son, fully flesh, fully God, allowed himself to be cut away from God so that we might know him to the degree that Jesus said, my God, Elohim, you have forsaken me. I don't feel you. I'm cut away from you now. And But that makes possible the breakthrough. Yeah, I, I really think that that coordinates with Isaiah 40 to me in my heart. Um, and we've, I really meant to start with Isaiah 40 verse 1, but I want to jump to, uh, I think it's like verse 3. Um, for the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. When I read this, I I think that that's the same thing about cutting away all the stuff that's in our way from mm -hmm. between us and the Lord. And I know it can be used corporately, but I took it very personally. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted. Every mountain and hill shall be made low. The crooked shall be made straight. And the rough place is plain, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. To me, it's it's like, tell me straight. I want to know the most direct truth. And the image I have in my head when I read the scripture is, i got to get all this other stuff out of the way so that I have this straight path to, to my my Father and my Lord. And, you know, I have to have nothing in, nothing, you know, in my way. And I've done some research, so, like, the valley shall be exalted is NASA to lift, you know. Um the crooked place be made straight is straight is actually justice and the rough places I thought that was so interesting they're like the mountain ridge which is like the highest so all those high places in my heart have to be plain <laughs> and right before that sorry I'm kind of saying it backwards Isaiah 41 started out uh, comfort ye comfort ye my people saith our your God speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received the Lord's hand double for all her sins. This was something I woke up to a year ago, where it was so intense to me that I just was panting hard after God. Like, I have just perused this and put this before him and begged him 
<laughs> for this because I felt like he really put it on my heart to pray for all of us, all, all of all of his people. Uh, please come and, and make your way in us. Which is that double issuance of Nakam. Right, sorry, yes. that intimacy, that, that place behind the veil. Right, the, fir- the yeah. first two comforts are Nakam, and the third one is the heart. They're both Lieb. So when we were talking about the heart in Genesis, um, when his heart was grieved, that was L-E-B, uh, a tender heart after his own heart. It's a conversation of the heart to me, too. So the second... Um, I mean, the third Nakam is speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem. It's cry unto her. You know, we we want to cry unto anyone listening to Nakam and be comforted by his ways. And part of his ways is to find rest in him and let him direct every path. Let him show you how to make um, this highway prepare the way of the Lord. So sorry I had to interrupt. No, I just I just got like, really excited because it's just been rolling around in me for a year and some time. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Noah, mm-hmm. the, the curse and partnering with Yahweh for the land. Mm-hmm. So that's really the friend of the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. That's where we are in preparing for the Lord to manifest himself. And that's, that's Nakam and Nuach. So it's all good. Well, in the end of Isaiah 40 is verse 30, and you know this verse, they that wait upon the Lord uh, will mount up with wings as eagles, and they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And that, I mean, there's just a great chapter. But I just had to throw that in there that he he gives us uh, a process to follow. You know, he gives us so many so many hints through the Bible and yeah. and his obviously his presence. But Amen. That's that refreshing again, that strengthening again. Sorry, didn't. No, no, no. This is good. So, what do we have next? <laughs> well, I think we just we need to recognize as as the saints that you know the battle is ahead of us, mm-hmm. and um, he is preparing us with revelation. He's preparing us with his breath, with his spirit, and really calling us to this place. Not only this place, this existence in him. And this function in him to Nakam according to his purpose and the restoration of his heart. And I, you know, the Bible talks about in Matthew 24, beginning with verse 38 and 39, for as in the days of that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the son man be son of man be mm. and so you know if if we look at matthew 24 we see things we see today we see false prophets false christ iniquity abounding the abomination of desolation we say we see wars and rumors of wars nations and kingdom rising up against one another famines pestilence earthquakes and the beginning of sorrows and you know folks <laughs> we're there i mean we are there and, and what is God's resolution is, you know, like you said, he, he has so much in his heart, partnership with his sons, mm-hmm. that he saved us in that boat yeah. and, and called us into this place of sonship to, to Nakam with him according to his, you know, his covenant through that covenant um, relationship, his covenant bears on this earth 
to to be these NACOM individuals that partner in the resolution and the restoration of of the earth because God's a God of redemption he is he's a God of repentance of forgiveness and of redemption and so um, anyway I think a lot of it has to do with timing too you know why didn't they do the circumcision on the other side of the Jordan I don't know the answer to that exactly except that I know him and I know his timing is really strategic so there's There's something about the timing in the in in the rest of the Lord too. Yeah, and I think I think you you have to. It's like what one of the passages we're coming into very soon is Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. You know, God does his to me. God does his best work of partnering with us when we're in the middle of the valley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when he prepares the table, it's in the presence of the enemy. And so if he's going to be talking to us and causing us to be circumcised and carved, it's going to be not in a, I shouldn't say safe place, but not in a place of, of uh, former, uh, former victory, but in, in the place where it's on the line. It's like vulnerability. Mm. It's like... <laughs> a place of miracles. Uh, yeah, and you think about that circumcision at that time. I mean, it was... They were cutting away of the place of procreation, the place of creativity, the place, without going into detail, um, it, it very much represented going into the new. Mm-hmm. And, and so... There's no way it could be in our strength. There's no way it can be in our strength. It, it is all him. And you all, you know, you talked, Stacy about earlier about the athlete that stresses himself and then he has and I know this just from experience you know you you push your you push yourself to build muscle but then the recovery time is just as important as the stressing time in fact it's probably more important so you've got this time of rest and recovery there in Gilgal where you're completely vulnerable before the Lord and it's his strength that comes through you it's not yours it's 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 just, it's perfect. Yeah. And it's so crazy how, as we're talking about this, I'm just seeing this is where we've been. At least personally, that's what I have experienced. And I assume that you guys are experiencing the same thing I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we want to jump into Psalm 23? Yeah. Whatever you want. Okay. I'll read this one, and then somebody can take it from there. So. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me just beside the Manuka waters. We talked about that in our last episode. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for him names, his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort, they calm me. And then thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He anoints my head with oil, my cup runs over, his goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the rod and the staff are the ones that are nechaming. And that that is a big topic in its own self. Mm-hmm. But you know, you have the defense that you're resting on which is the rod you have the corrective measure which is the staff and those are part of this nakam 
it's in regard to the plan it's in regard to where you are in following him and it's in regard to your own self and um, I, I think that's I think that's an interesting thing and here again um, I believe firmly that the thing that empowers a new off individual is is either focusing on the establishment of the menucha, which is what the still waters are, or um, um, being associated with that. It's mm -hmm. it's like the home base that strengthens you, and you know, for Noah, that place of menucha began where the dove landed. That was God's beginning point, where here you had almost like the Eden revisited, the, the, the creation, because it was just them and God. Mm -hmm. That was that Sabbath. That was that beginning place. So there's an undeniable connection between those two terms. In fact, the Nuach, Manucha, is arguably formed from that same word derivation. So, um, but but for us, as a Nuach individual, uh, we we have to have the rod and the staff. We have to have that operative going on within us, and it's not corrective necessarily. It's not getting beat over the head. I remember some guy, the old timey way of teaching this was, you know, what the rod was for. Sometimes if a sheep kept um, kept straying, the, the shepherd would break its leg with the rod and then carry it on its shoulders, carry it on his shoulders. That was a mainstay thing. And I I'm thought thinking, it was something like a stabilizing. Huh? The rod was like a stabilizing. Well, the rod was the defense. The authority, yeah. It was the authority. It was yeah. that noses and the rod, like Aaron's security. rod. yeah. It was keep focused on your purpose. I'm your defender. Yeah. And um, but the staff was really where you hook the sheep and bring him back in, or you guide. You didn't really got if you're if you only get guided by the rod. You're a knucklehead. I hope that word doesn't offend anybody. <laughs> but you know, if you have to keep getting rotted. <laughs> You, you're, you're incorrigible. Anyway, I'm just rambling, but that is associated with the nakam, and I think we should look at that. Yeah. yeah. So in that place, you know, he we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We understand the valley is really the separation between the promise and the fulfillment, mm -hmm. and and you know the shadow of death. I will not fear. It's like this is where our trust is tried. This is mm -hmm. where, you know, our trust in Him fully and completely is um, is really tested and tried because He is our source of all security. I, you know. I, and what are your perceptions? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What does that shadow represent? Yeah. What do you think it is? What's mm -hmm. governing you? But see, that yeah. only comes through relationship. 
And it only comes through allowing him to lead you to those Manuka waters. And and from that place of Manuka waters um, into those paths of righteousness and into his righteous vision and really fulfilling what you're called to fulfill in the midst of that Selah place in the valley. Yeah, and it's interesting. He leads me beside Manuka waters. I mean, when you establish a Manuka place, you're going to be uncovering wellsprings. Mm-hmm. You're going to be mm-hmm. uncovering deep wellsprings mm-hmm. of the river of God. And, and um, you're going to be led because of them. Mm-hmm. You're going to be led from them. You're going to be led in association with them. You know, the old explorers would find a river and they would follow it. Mm-hmm. So, but it comes from the Manuka. And most Christians, how many songs have we heard about people that just want to jump from river to river? Well, that's not a manuka. That's that's just a visit. Yeah. Hmm. So it's interesting because water is the pathway of civilization. Water is the thing that makes a... If you're going to establish a city or if you're going to go forth in battle, you better have a source of water. Because if you don't, it's going to be a dry hole, and it's not going to work. Yeah, plus it represents thirst, and we know thirst represents fellowship. And fellowship brings us to deeper relationship, and, and, yeah. and it, it, it's from, from where all things come or flow for us in so, power. So you think about that with Moses. When he first came into the land, uh, into the wilderness, he, he was told to strike the rock with uh, the rod which is really mm. authority, defense, power, you know. But when he was ready to go into promise, he was supposed to speak to it, which is more, what has God said to you at the right hand? Mm-hmm. From the right hand, you're now speaking my word. You're, you're tapping into this water because you control it. You're not just functioning on behalf of Authority, you're now functioning on behalf of partnership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's water. And that's the goal of wilderness. Mm-hmm. You start off through the wilderness. You're the voice of one crying. You're wanting the ways of God. You're turning wells into different, from weeping into rejoicing. But the end result is for you to be partnering with God in a manuka place, the still waters, and let that be a launch point. So anyway, I'm rambling here. No, We're running good. out of time. Good. I think we need to bring it home. Bring it home. Bring it <laughs> home now. This is, um, you know, not necessarily for the saints. This is not necessarily a new revelation. This is something that that um, we've been we've talked about for many many years. But I know that there's. There's a depth to this and this hour that that is really, um, it, it, to me, it, it's been transforming, mm-hmm. and and I'm so thankful that that the Lord is is highlighted this for us in this hour because it's really um, it really affects all that we are and all that we do mm-hmm. because it's from this place of abiding in his breath and that we, from which we go forth. And so I'm just, I'm very thankful and I 
I just ask that that these conversations that we've had over the last three weeks and these scriptures and just prophetically the way that, that the Lord's allowed us to both teach and prophesy these into the body of the saints, that it is received in fullness and in clarity and that it is applied throughout this network of, of saints and the body of Christ because it's so necessary for us. And um, I don't want one saint to miss it no. or yeah. to fall short or to to not receive the fullness of what God is sharing with us and giving to us and allowing us to dwell in. So, Amen. Yeah, and again, we, we draw it to what the book of, um, what the New Testament speaks about how God wanted his people to participate in this rest, but they would not. If he was speaking things from the high place, they would say, I don't want to look at it. Cover that up. Just give us the blessing of it. Mm. And um, I, I really pray that we as saints will recognize where God has led us to us, um, evaluate what he's doing in this moment of reflection and being uh, recalibrated in this next step of grace and that we will not be discouraged, we will not give up, we won't be like the two and a half tribes that were on the other side of Jordan and saying, we've got ours, you guys go on ahead. Um, may we walk in some, uh, as people that want his spirit, want the visitation, but we want to partner and we want to establish what God wants. Yes. Amen. Amen. Is there anything to end with? enter into his rest Amen. well I think this concludes this study for now and we thank the Lord for allowing us to share this with you and I thank my apostle our apostle Ron for Yay. just being a champion of these revelations and Stacy for your amazing capacity to probe deep into the word and I'm just thankful for this, this partnership. Yeah, thank and you. And so Monica. we bless you, and uh, we will get an outline up on the website with all the scriptures that we covered. Um, I'm not sure when, but just look for it, or maybe I'll make a Facebook post about that. So, thank you for joining us. We bless you today. We bless you in the days ahead. We look forward to all the incredible things that God is gonna to accomplish in and through you where he's planted you and until we meet again on our next season's broadcast have a beautiful day yes amen. amen i have way too many papers <laughs> well, hopefully <laughs> it's